0: All right. We are joined now by Brian Keel. He is on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset. Get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Brian, good morning.
1: Good morning. How
0: we doing? Good. Uh, we want to know the point of it all, Brian. We see a big win coming for the Cougars. Bowl eligibility followed by a trip to UMass. Another big win. Number seven, do they spend the next two weeks trying to play all the quarterbacks, get everybody healthy, and see who gives them the best chance of beating San Diego State? Is that the number one thing to watch for?
1: Yeah, we're, we're kind of in an interesting point of a season, and um, just for our program in general, it's um, you know a game that is it's going to be a win. I mean, obviously, Idaho State's Capable of beating us if, if we just go out there and lay an egg, but you know it's 95 percent plus chance we'll we're, we're win the game. So, and it's it's kind of you know late in the season, other programs are playing exciting games. So, it, being an independent, this is it is where we are. We have the exciting games early. We have this game late. So, as a program, and you know I'm I'm not the decision maker down there. Obviously, if I was the decision maker down there. I would do exactly what you guys are just uh, hinted at, and I would look for different ways outside of just a traditional football game to do two things: evaluate my program and progress my program. So, not just at quarterback, but lots of positions, I would I would try to evaluate, see where we are, see where what what we have to work with, so I can have an idea what we need to recruit, what we need to progress, what we need to develop. And then also, you know, if I was in charge, I would, I would have certain challenges for my players and for my team, certain parameters that I that try to accomplish. You know, let's, let's accomplish this with our pressure package or, or on defense or on offense. You know, let's accomplish this with our screen package. Um, and that's, that's how I would go about it. I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's what I would do.
2: What would 8-4 mean to you as a season
1: it's, you know, it's so it's, it's so funny, you know, it's, it, so, so eight and four is a good year. Um, four months ago, if you sat down with any BYU fan and showed them the schedule and said, hey, I'll give you eight wins, take it or leave it. You know, other than the diehard Kool-Aid drinkers, I don't know any regular BYU fan, you know, sensible, reasonable BYU fan that doesn't take that deal. So, eight and four is a good season. Me personally, I'm still disappointed because eight and four could have been ten and two, and you know could have, should have, woulda. I don't. I don't care. We, we we really stubbed our toe in two games that that Believe that... so. I, I don't know if this answers your question. It's it's a good year, but I'm I'm I personally am left very unsatisfied and wanting from wanting more.
0: Brian Keel joining us right here. It really comes down to two quarters. Two bad quarters of football that could leave you unsatisfied and wanting more. Yep.
1: Poorly. I um so uh, here's the thing. I would I would obviously rather have wins against against Boise and USC and and Utah State than losses versus those Programs and wins versus South Florida and Toledo. So if it's an either or, I'll take where we're at. But you know, I'm hungry, man. I want it all, and it's just so unfortunate because those were winnable games, and for us to progress as a program, especially in independence, when I mean, we got to go eight, eight wins isn't gonna cut it. Nine wins isn't gonna cut it. You got to get double digit wins. You got to go get double digit wins, and not just once. You got to do it consistently and then you start to wait, raise national awareness, your, your recruiting starts to uptick. If there is conference realignment, it, it strengthens our case to get in a P5, and, 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 and as a program, you progress. Eight wins, to me, that's just that status quo. We, we continue to tread water where we are, and that's not where we wanna go.
2: Okay, then I would ask, playing a schedule that includes six, if not seven, power five teams, and normally they're not necessarily the bottom of the rung, they're not five Kansases, and maybe one or two uh, top levels, there's three or four top levels, and so you add all that up together and look at that schedule, is this program as it stands, with all the rules and regulations and whatnot, is it capable of consistently winning 10 games?
1: I say yes. I say yes. And, you, you know, you just go back to this year and look at this season, and it's just two quarters. It's just two four quarters. And, and it's, the thing that's unfortunate is, so there's injuries, okay? Obviously, injuries affect us. They affect everybody in college football. There's nothing that can be done about that, okay? So, so just take injuries out of it. But there were changes that were made internally specifically to play calling, scheme, and identity after those two losses. And our football team has been noticeably different. And so that begs the suggestion that had those changes been made prior our whole season looks different. And, you know, hindsight 2020, but that's, that's where you get really frustrated. Is, is, is you, you see, what you, we got a taste this year of what we're capable of, but we did not, you know, we underachieved this year. And being where we are as with our recruiting restrictions and the honor code and the religious institution and being independent, all those things, all the parameters that define who we are, we can't be underachieving. We're not in a position to underachieve. We have to overachieve, we, and we didn't do that this year. That's why I'm so disappointed.
0: Brian Keel joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So these changes had a big impact. Do you think there are any other changes Kalani can make in the offseason that could kind of improve things? Because the schedule is going to get even more difficult next year. you got three built-in wins in November here this year, and you don't have that next year.
1: Yeah, so, I, I mean, there's there's always improvements that can be made. Um, you know, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, they can make improvements as good as they are. Everybody can make improvements. The, the trick, you know, and why people make the buck is identifying those improvements and then executing them. So, so I, I mean, I, on a basis, even close to enough to be able to identify what, those changes are that need to be made. I, mean, I have certain ideas just at a, at a broad level I see in the stands, but I do think changes can be made. Um, like Ar- I I absolutely am in love with Kalani. I think he is a fantastic person, a fantastic football coach. I think they should extend him and I think he should continue to build and, and take, you know, I have to learn things. I think he may from what I've heard, you made choices that help the program, and if he continues to make tough choices like that, I think he can get us moving forward and, and progress us. But you have to make those tough choices, and you have to execute them.
2: See, I'm wondering, Brian, if the program can have the depth because to play these tough teams week after week, it's going to take its toll. And in any given game, we've seen this year, we've seen last year, where they can beat a team who's pretty good, go on the road, and win one of those ball games. But I'm wondering, the course of six or seven, particularly right at the start, without a cupcake or two to get a, get a tune-up like a lot of these programs have, I just don't know that they can do it. And I'm wondering if we need to rethink it in the days of consistently posting double-digit wins like it had, I think, when you came back when you're, from your mission and Bronco won 43 games in a, a four-year span. I just don't know that it can be achieved anymore.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing um, in terms of, of getting to where we need to go, like which part comes first and which, which part leads to the other. But it all comes down to recruiting. Um, obviously, all the P5 schools play a P5 schedule and they play the tough competition week in and week out and they're able to do it and they have the depth from recruiting to do that obviously BYU does not have that depth for a host of reasons, and so until we get into a P5, I mean, just look at the school up north, look at Utah, you know, where where they were and where we were 10, 15 years ago, and then look where they are now. Why is their team so much more talented now? It's because they got in the Pac-12. What did the Pac-12 give them? It gave them money and exposure, and obviously their coaching staff is talented and they've done a good job with that money and exposure and and they've buoyed up their program so, so that their talent now is worlds ahead of where it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, so, so now what does BYU do? So obviously the, the easy choice is getting to a, P, uh, a P5. You, you have to be invited. It'd be great if we could just you know, waltz in the door and, and announce ourselves. That'd be great, but that's not how it works. You've got to get invited. So until that happens, we got to look at, at other ways to improve our talent and, repro- and, and improve our recruiting. And to me, the best way to do that is win games. And that's, that's where it goes back to this season. You know, if, if, we, if we hung a 10-win and then possibly you win a bowl game, you get an 11-win season – you hang that out there, that that gets noticed. That gets kids' attention. And our schedule, I mean, a lot of people talk about the difficulty of our schedule, and it is is—it is really difficult. But the, the teams, I mean, we played a tough schedule, but the, the P5 teams that were played, it's not like, you know, we, we played Alabama and LSU every week. I mean, outside of Utah and Washington, um, the other schools that we played this year haven't been that great. So I, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't want to blame it on the schedule. I guess this is a long answer to your question. I, I think our, I think our schedule. I think we can go do it. We just have to to take care of business. So I don't, I don't know. I just, so, yeah. So I think we're about- in a pickle.
0: I think about scheduling too much, as PK will tell you. Tell them, PK. (laughs) But I think that instead of complaining about the SEC, I think there's something to it. I think they do it on purpose. I think they know they get a payoff from it. I think BYU and the Pac-12, not so much Utah State and the Mountain West, but I think BYU and the Pac-12 need to look at this, and I know it's telling Tom Homo to do one more thing, and he's already got a nightmare scheduling. So recognizing, they may be asking the impossible, but the way the SEC puts buys and cupcake games throughout the schedule I can think one year John Beck was having it's probably his senior year, he's having a great year and he didn't he miss the Utah State game to he get did. healthy. He did. Yeah. And they had Jason yeah. Beck in yeah. there. Yeah. And to have a game where you can play and not have all your best guys going 100% and you still know you can get a win. You know, is there anything wrong with having three cupcakes on the schedule for BYU? No, but can you spread them out? Now, you're an independent and maybe you can't. But where those buys and where the occasional soft game falls matters. I think the Pac-12 needs to look at that. Larry Scott, when the league went to 12, said you have to play your non-conference games at the front so we have maximum versatility with the conference schedule. Well, that's not working. You're playing Friday night road games without buys and look what the SEC is doing. I think you gotta you gotta copy that. The Aggies probably have it built in because the bottom of the Mountain West isn't good. So whoever is the bottom in any given year, when you hit them, you kind of got that handled in the middle of your conference season. What do you think about that? And maybe your experience as a player and having that breather in the middle of the schedule once in a while.
1: I I think it helps. And like it or love it, you know, it, it the proof's in the pudding. And you just pointed out that the SEC programs, and notoriously do that. And um, it absolutely – I mean, just for an example, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, um, just the toll that a football game takes on you. Because um, I, I was talking to some people about Kawhi Leonard, okay, and there's this whole hubbub about load management and back-to-back and taking games off. And I was just thinking about the differences of, of basketball and football. And, and I, I was thinking about how when you play a football game, you feel like you were in a car wreck the next day. And it, it absolutely takes a toll on you. But the opponent largely dictates how much of a car wreck you, feel, you felt like you were in the previous day. And I remember back to when we played Air Force, after the next day, I, I didn't feel like I was in a car wreck the day before because Air Force isn't a big, physical, grind-you-into-the-ground into the team. They're small. Mm. Their offensive line is small. They're athletic. Mm. They try to cut. And they try to cut you. Man, that's a they, don't, they don't. They don't. They <laughs> don't bang you. They, 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 they position block you. And um,
2: care to so, finish that so, thought, so,
1: PK? What's that? <laughs> anyway, the, the point is who you play. It absolutely affects your body. Yeah. It affects how you recover. It affects how you can bounce back and play a game the next season. So I know Tom Homo has a a tough call in scheduling and independent as it is, but you would really love to see these these three cupcakes, if you want to call them games on our schedule, spread out. If if you could do that, uh, it would help our program in terms of keeping fans engaged and it would help the players to stay healthy.
2: So you speak of getting a better season and seasons will have an uptick in recruiting, and that makes sense. But I'm wondering if we dive a little deeper into it, and you can speak to this because you were right there. How many of the kids, particularly the LDS kids that BYU gets, how many of them really went there because the program was just, beating the snot out of everybody as opposed to, hey, the program's pretty good and I want to go and be in that LDS environment.
1: You see the difference there? Yeah, so I think I think right now, I think because the last 10 years haven't been what they used to be, I think a lot of the kids that are coming to BYU, it's because of the school, it's because of the institution, the, the religious at, at, aspect of it, and and, and then also the educational aspect of it, which is which is very top rate. Um, when 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 I was getting recruited, and when with other recruits around me were getting recruited, it was because the previous two decades were filled with you know, an illustrious resume. And um, my recruiting class—I was in the 2002 recruiting class, and it was one of the best recruiting classes byu ever had i mean with with some of the players that we got and and we missed and we we were supposed to get hello team on signing day he, he sent his thing to oregon i mean if we if, if he would have ended up coming i mean it would have just been without question the best recruiting class byu ever had but you know i, I look back at that and, and it was different recruiting in 2002 was different because the previous two decades you had Heisman Trophy winners. You had Outland Trophy winners. You had a Doak Walker winner in 2001. You had 12-win seasons. You had you had a, a Cotton Bowl in, in 96 and a 14-win season. I and mean, on and on and on, right? And and so it was, the program was just in a different spot than it is now. And, you know, the last 10 years, we don't have any of that. And so we, we have to recruit from a different area. And, and that's why, like I said, it goes back to, we need to hang those 10, 11-win seasons in a row, not just one. You've got to string several of them out there in a row because that's really the only way that we can inch ahead in recruiting outside of getting in a P5.
0: Brian, we appreciate a few minutes. As always, enjoy the Idaho State blowout, and we will talk to you next week.
1: Sounds good, guys.
0: Have a good weekend.